Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm a funnier podcaster than we've ever had in one of these episodes before. Britain and present company excluded. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> this week, we're taking a look at uh, Star Wars. This this one was branded as episode 5, right? Or no? I don't think so. I think it was still Empire Strikes Empire Back. Empire Strikes but Back. In the crawl, it's referred to as episode five. Ah, okay. Which I would imagine confused everyone that saw it. Was that changed? So was that is that the way it came, or was that a yeah? I'm I'm, I'm like ninety five percent sure that is the first one that has an episode number. Uh, okay, gotcha. In it, yeah. Cool. Interesting. By the way, you have a much better George Lucas impression than I do. <laughs> we we thought about mixing it up, but figured we should stay true to the integrity of the joke even though like a couple episodes ago me and Britain <laughs> just completely broke the whole formula yeah so unfortunately Britain couldn't be here for this one because our schedules have not yeah. lined up which is why this episode is late yeah. again everything's crazy we're, we're sorry we know we, we really do want to be more consistent we it might be better to start kind of moving towards Monday as our release date just give us time yeah. over the weekend to, to kind of get things ready because I don't know. Um, that's something we'll have to think about. But yeah, it might definitely. just it might just start happening because we have no other choice. But we really do want to try and focus on getting weekly episodes out, no, no matter which of us is able to actually do it. Just as long as somebody can get it done, then um, we we want to make sure we're consistent and we're keeping up. So I, I really wanted to get to the point where both you and Britain can't make it and it's just me <laughs> rambling about like Revenge of the Sith for an hour <laughs> just like um the movie's not very good well now even if we can't make it we I think we need to make you do that <laughs> or even if we even if we're no, fine like even no. if we're good no this is what's gonna happen instead of all three of us doing that blind commentary for uh, Transformers the last night, y'all are just going to stick me in a room, lock the door, and say, we're not letting you out until you watch the movie and record it. Yeah. And it's just going to be me by myself. I'll be I'll be dead by the time that, that ends. Probably. Did, have we discussed that? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I think we've... I know, I'm pretty sure we brought it up. Okay. Uh, maybe? Yeah, that's our plan for the last night, because we don't want to actually review it. Yeah. So we'll just watch it once and be done with it. That sounds good to me. So, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back from 1980, directed by Irvin Kershner. It has a 94% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 97% audience score. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing? I, for my best thing, I still I might have to go with the score again. Okay. Like it's. I mean, it's. It's. I like. I like the movie a lot. You know, we'll talk about that. I. I love it. Once again, it's not one of those cases where the movie's bad. So the only thing we can compliment is the score. Yeah, it's just so spectacular. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Like listening to that. Like that score has been ingrained in my subconscious, just for so long. Because like I grew up on like the prequel movies and everything. I just can't imagine listening to that score for the first time because I feel like it, we almost like take it for granted at this point it's just so yeah. good it's just so good well especially because like every piece of Star Wars marketing you know has yeah. some form of the music whether it be you know the, the general theme or you know the, the Imperial March which is introduced in this one 
Yeah, yeah, we're we're just inundated with with Star Wars constantly now. So yeah, we definitely take that's the the at least the good stuff about Star Wars. We definitely take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, and it's just and the, and it's so varied as well as far as like all the different themes that he uses. It's. I mean, yeah, okay. yeah. Just compare the Imperial March to like Yoda's theme. Yeah, they're like polar opposites. <laughs> What's your worst thing if you've got one? Um, probably just the fact that it is dated. Um, that's not something that can be really be helped. Like this is, the, I can't imagine them making it any better. It's just this is the only major thing I can criticize is that. And, like, even then, I mean, they use practical effects a ton, and, and like, it, it's just that some... It's it's old enough now that some of the practical effects are starting to look dated yeah, to that extent, and so it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, it's still... I appreciate again, it what they did, like... You watched the special edition version for this, correct? Yeah. I didn't really and notice anything out of place for this the one. The two biggest things are the replacement of Palpatine in the hologram room sequence with Darth Vader. Hmm. Okay. And uh I believe a lot of the imagery that's in like the background of uh Cloud City that's at that's actually added in in its CG. Huh. Like uh, mostly like the final act when they're just running around shooting at stormtroopers, most of that's just like white walls. Yeah. But I believe they replace a bunch of that with like open windows that show just like imagery of Cloud City. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, so know, I didn't really like notice that. it too much. I don't think it was d- yeah. too distracting. So. I, I, it's it's funny that this is the one that George Lucas had the least amount of control over, and it's the one he ended up making the least amount of changes yep. to with the special editions. Funny how that works. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, and like even thinking, I'm going to end up turning this worst thing into like, a, oh, but here's things I love about it. Um, but like the, uh, just noticing the ATAT stomping on the, the snow speeder that Luke's like trying to jump out of. Like I'm yeah. that that's like practical. Like it's actually like this giant like leg that they just have stomping on this like vehicle they've made. And I was like, oh yep. okay. They did that. Like they do they, there's a lot of stuff like that. And he, again, it doesn't look perfect necessarily because like it's it's kinda stiff and like maybe the motions aren't, you know, right and everything. And they probably could have used Nowadays, you would want them to touch that up to some extent, and obviously, it's an old movie. Yeah, like, and not even like I mean, thirty-seven years, yeah. but it still looks better than Alien Three. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my best thing is just how dark and mature this movie gets. <laughs> because you know I, I remember around the time that Revenge of the Sith was coming out and a lot of people were like oh it's the dark one it's really dark and that's what makes it good and you know we'll, we'll get there but I, I don't think that's the case at all I don't sure. think dark equals good necessarily but Definitely this is not. like no 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 we've, we've got this great concept we've got all these great characters that, that we've introduced okay let's let's actually do something with them and not treat the odd we won't pander to the audience we'll actually give them something to think about and they're i feel like this is the riskiest of all the star wars movies just in terms of like general plot 
Like, even, like, the next one, I feel like, for the most part, plays it safe. Yeah, because this one is... We were, we were just talking about this beforehand. This one is almost kind of meandering, like, in a lot of yeah. ways. Which might be a problem. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I... Comparing just my viewing experience this go-around between this and, you know, the first Star Wars... Um, this one felt longer to me. Like, the first one felt like a very quick ride. This one felt... I felt its length more. Eh, yeah. How long is the first one again? I think it's right at two hours. Oh. I think this might be like 210, 215, something like I don't that. think it's quite that long. I know, okay. or at least the version I watched was like, with, I assume with credits, was like 207. Okay. So it's not much longer. Yeah. Um... I kind of see... I mean, towards the end, I feel like there's some... It's something that's almost... It almost works to its advantage. Is right towards the end, I feel like there's... Um, there's, like, the Luke-Vader confrontation, obviously. And yeah. there's all this... Or it, it goes on for a little while, and, like, they're kind of throwing stuff at each other and getting sucked out of windows and everything. And then... And, like, of course, they, they have the lightsaber battle. And I feel like you almost get to the point where you're like, okay, we, we get it, we get it. And then Vader just cuts Luke's hand off. And you're like, what? Like, I feel like watching well, that, I would have lost my mind watching that, like, in theaters if I was, oh, like, yeah. my, like, current age watching that in 19... I would have just been like, wait, what? That yeah. just happened? Well, I think I think that fight's very effective just because you slowly see Luke, like, getting damaged... Like, he gets hurt in that fight. Like, he starts, like, having bruises on his face. I think he's bleeding a little bit, too. Like, you see, like, the fight is wearing him out. And I feel like with a lot of fights in this series, you know, it keeps going and they're they're still just as energized as ever. I don't know. Not to um, point any but fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're just going to continue our prequel bashing. That's that's what I do. I find the thing that I don't like about a franchise, and then I just focus on that whenever we're talking about it. That's all I do. You're not that's wrong. all I do. Whether it's Brett Ratner or Zack Snyder or or George Lucas in the prequels, I I have my easy targets. We've cracked the easy. code. <laughs> but but yeah yeah. Of course the the Darth Vader reveal, Luke, I am your father. That all that stuff. That's that's really what I'm getting at with how mature it is. Um. And I, I just love how they were able to make that work. Um, and everybody, when they first saw it, thought it was a lie. Even James Earl Jones, when he was reading the script, he's like, that has to be a lie, right? Like, how are they going to pull that off in a sequel? And it I, it really comes off like, like it's just based on Alec Guinness's performance in the first one. Like, they they didn't have that reveal planned. It is so set it's, up it's just, better than I re- remembered in this movie. Yes, there's more going. There's more like, kind of talking around that, and like, obviously yeah. the the cave scene where Luke, uh, like fights Vader, and then it turns out to be himself, and like, but yeah. Vader's talking to the Emperor, and he's like, oh yeah, we, or he he convinces the Emperor that they should try to turn him around, and then of course, Vader talks to him towards the end, and he's like, no, you need to join to join me, and we can defeat the Emperor, and like. It all kind of builds towards it in a way that I did not realize it did. I always kind of thought that might just come out of nowhere. Yeah, and I feel like I would like to know at what point Darth Vader realizes that Luke is a Skywalker. Yeah, that's I feel that's like kind that's of a kind thing of... that's just left wide open. I thought that was discussed in the when he talks to the Emperor. 
I thought that's well, like where it, it came up. I don't, I, I don't think so because at the beginning, I think he's saying right, that's that's mind. where yeah, Skywalker yeah. is. So I guess it's, it's just right. at some point between the the two movies, while the rebels are getting chased, he figured out who blew up the Death Star. I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, my worst thing. I'm. I just had several lingering questions while I was watching the second half of the movie. Like there was just a bunch of, I I don't I don't want to call them logic holes, but it was just stuff I was I was getting confused by. Um, I, I think the 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 one thing I will focus on is just the weird timeline that doesn't really get addressed. Yeah. Because you have Luke training with Yoda. Which, by the way, the puppeteering on Yoda still looks wonderful. That's one thing that hasn't aged that Yoda much. is also great because he's... I don't want to derail you too much, but when he first appears and the way he acts, he's terrifying. Like, yeah. The, like, weird, crazy Yoda. Before he kind of settles yeah. in, he's like, okay, I'm actually a Jedi Master. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You're like, what's yeah. happening? And, and he's just testing Luke to find out how he's going to react yeah. to certain things. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. But So you have Luke training with Yoda... And then you have Han, Leia, 3PO, and Chewie hiding from the Imperials in the asteroid field and all that stuff. How much time is supposed to be taking place during during this this whole, you know, period? Yeah. Because, um, you know, based on all the Luke stuff, it feels like it's only been like a week. And then towards the end, he is a line uh, where, you know, Yoda says, remember how you failed in the cave? And Luke goes, but I've learned so much since then. Which makes it feel like it's been a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, like the Millennium Falcon is just... It seems like it's just been flying around for a few days. Yeah. Although, I think I was talking about this before, you could make the argument, well, they don't have a hyperdrive, so we don't know what the distance is from like the, where the Star Dro- Destroyers were and then to Bespin. Like, we don't know that distance. So they just had to straight up fly there without any special help. Um, we don't know how long that that period would be. Yeah. But that's just something I feel like at least a throwaway line or something would have really helped. Mm-hmm. Especially because I, I I feel like you could also argue maybe they were at just chilling in Cloud City for a while, but then Lando has the line about the Imperials showing up before they did. So that doesn't really work. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, that's that's just that's probably the biggest of my my Strikes. Like, like I said, I don't want to call it an issue, but it's just, it's just more of a lingering question. It's not something that really derails the movie or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just something like, would have been nice if they explained it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, where do we want to get started? Uh, well, I do want to mention. Um, so I, I mentioned last episode that I kind of felt the first movie didn't do a great job of making the universe feel lived in. Probably the best way the best way to describe my issue. This one I think does a much better job of that. They I feel like they do better about if nothing else just cuz they visit a couple more worlds and like a couple more locations as far as you know they're on Hoth and they're on Cloud City and there's Dagobah and there's um the the like asteroid with the the giant worm thing and all, all of that kind of combines to make it feel like we're kind of dealing with a bigger universe and they, they throw out some more names and they also establish at the beginning that there's been kind of a time jump where they've been on adventures and like because Han has the line where he says 
forget what he said, what name he says, but some something about when they were back on some planet, he got trailed by a bounty hunter, and that's why he feels like he needs to leave. And so they kind of, I think, do a better job of world building in this movie, um, which I I found interesting. And in general, it's it. This movie is what I think of when I think of Star Wars, or when I think of why people love Star Wars, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just sort of... The, the the meandering kind of style also kind of plays to the this space opera epic, you know, they're traversing across the galaxy sort of thing. And I feel yeah. like that works pretty well, overall. Yeah. Um... It's just, it's just funny because, you know, everybody says, you know, I, I think this is overall confirmed to be, you know, the best yeah, Star Wars that's by what everyone, people. That's what everyone, that's um, I'm just not sure how I feel about the meandering. Um, because I, I I think I said in the last episode that the original Star Wars is my favorite. Um, I think it's mostly down to the simplicity of the plot and... You know, I really like how all the characters are introduced, and like, it's just very simple. So when it starts to get more complex, obviously, you know, the, there's going to be deeper storytelling, and there's a lot more to to latch onto and think about. But I feel like it might be one of those cases where it's it's a little too ambitious, and I don't know. Like I said, it, it's mostly just questions I have. I, I'm not sure if they're actual problems with the movie. Um, it's it's very hard to think about this movie because you know I've, I've got the the mindset in the back of my head of well this is objectively the best one yes but I'm not sure if it's my favorite it's again the no one knows how to think about Star Wars anymore it, that yeah um oh well it's because they've transcended being movies they 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 aren't just yeah. movies they are a part of of our culture. Mm-hmm. So release the dang theatrical cuts on Blu-ray. What? No. So okay. <laughs> so how how do we feel about about the Han Leia romance? Because I I was raising the the concern that maybe it's a little too meandering and that it doesn't push the plot forward at all. Oh. And I feel like that's. That's a danger you really have when you have a middle chapter to a trilogy where it's just like, okay, well, we know where this ends up going, so not that we need filler, but it's just like we need time to have our characters breathe a little bit so we can develop them a, a little bit more. Um, and like I said, I, I, I don't know if it's an issue or not. Which I think... It, I think that's why this movie is ends up being the best for the most part. In public eye, I mean, I'm not saying like what you like. I don't. I don't know. This is probably my favorite, but I don't think it's like. If Phantom cut. Menace is your favorite, you're wrong. That's fine. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, that's that's kind of thing. I think it just benefits from being the middle chapter because. And it helps that Return of the Jedi delivers on the character beats, I think. People have problems with that movie in general, um, and of course we'll talk about it hopefully next week. Uh, but as far as the characters go, I think people generally agree that it's well-resolved, 
Yeah. Um, and so that's that helps a lot, I think. In the same way that the Vader twist probably wouldn't be nearly as good if it, if that storyline didn't end up getting resolved in such a satisfying way, um, and getting handled the way it ends up getting handled. I think it's the same idea where this movie. Pro- I don't know for sure what their. I don't. I don't know what the reactions were when these movies came out, but I definitely feel like over time it's probably gotten to the point where this movie people kind of associate the best stuff from the fourth episode quotation mark from Star Wars and from Return of the Jedi kind of together like people kind yeah. of associate because it's the middle one and it's the bridge and it's got the, the the twist and it's got the characters and Hoth and Lando and Boba Fett like it, it all combines and so everyone kind of I think focuses on this as the core of the the main tr- the original trilogy yeah I I, I think it's just because because it's the middle chapter, there's not really an end goal. Yeah. Like, with with Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, you have, we need to blow up the Death Star, yep. defeat the Empire. This one is, Luke needs to get trained, and we're just trying to escape. Mm-hmm. We're trying not to die. We're trying to survive to the next movie. So, it's, it, it's hard for me to judge it. Because I, I've got the mindset of, well, they have to have a goal at the end that they need to go for, but that's not what the movie's about. The movie's really about developing the characters so that way when we get to the next one and they have a goal, like, we really care about them. Which is fascinating because who would have thunk the most well-received would be the most, like, character-focused and not, like, hey, let's blow up the big machine. I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. that even boils down to like the stuff on Hoth where they they really let it breathe. Yeah. Like, and they are sitting there for a good while, yeah. but it's just it's like the first third of the movie. Yeah, but it's just showing you the plight of the rebels, how they're currently holding up against the Empire, not well. Yeah. And what the current state of Han and Leia's relationship is, you know, Luke discovering that he needs to go to Dagobah, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then ultimately the battle, which is pretty cool. I don't know. I, I'm just not. I'm, I'm really just not sure how to how to feel about it because obviously I do I do really enjoy the movie, but it's difficult for me to say whether some of these things are flaws or not. Whether or not if it's too meandering, yeah. I feel like I'm just running around in circles because I can't figure out a definitive way to to interpret this stuff. Well, and it's because I think there's kind of again nobody knows how to think about star wars there's kind of like a stigma against criticizing the original trilogy and like unless it's return of the jedi yeah then 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 you can you can insult the ewoks then, all you want then the prequels are better I, uh, yeah um for some <laughs> reason yeah it's i don't know it's it's just like the first two are so untouchable i just it's it's hard to talk about them in a with an objective light, in general, right. um, or try to like argue a point when it goes so far against like the public opinion. Yeah, but yeah, I think it it's definitely noticeable, especially rewatching it when you kind of know the beats that you're like, uh, there's there's not a whole lot really going on right now. They're just kind of. Like they're in the cave. It, 
it's all character development. It's really not pushing the, any of the plot forward. They're at in all. the cave for a lot longer than I remembered. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also interesting because this also feels the most because of that. It also feels the most like a serial. Yeah, um, that's true. The kind of the way the way Lucas intended, where the fourth movie doesn't actually feel at all like the fourth quotation marks doesn't feel at all like it's supposed to be the middle of a franchise or the middle of a series or a serial or something. I feel like yeah, because it, it feel it doesn't feel like an episode four. Yeah, it feels like an episode one, and yeah, this one feels the most like oh, this is just an ongoing part of uh, like it feels like the first movie is episode one and then this is episode four or five or whatever if you're like we're in the middle of the story for some reason i remember reading somewhere that they weren't sure if it was going to be a trilogy at this point or if it was just going to be a continuous serialized thing that they would release every few years um but i'm not sure about that Mm -hmm. Once again, Lucas Lucas has been very flip-floppy over the years about whether or not this was all planned from the beginning or not. Which probably means it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then the sixth one, of course, doesn't really... I mean, it's, again... It's it's the conclusion to the story. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is just the middle of an ongoing story. It's like, oh, that's the end of the story. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's the, the trilogy stuff is weird considering where the where it started and what they were going for. But yeah. yeah. Um, should I just start listing off weird issues slash questions I have about the second half of the movie? Sure. Okay, so when when Han and Leia and all of them get captured by Darth Vader in Cloud City, you know, there's there's the scene where Han's getting tortured. Yeah. And then. Afterwards, um, you know, they're they're stuck in the little uh, prison area, and he goes, "They didn't even ask me any questions." Yes, and I think I may have just figured out the answer to this myself. But I'm wondering what what was the point of that. However, Luke does have the premonitions of them in pain, so I'm wondering if. If, if like Darth be. Vader's doing that, because huh. he knows Luke's going to sense that, yeah. and that's that'll be that that'll sense. help to bring him there. That's really yeah. clever. If that's if yeah. that's what the goal was, huh? I just answered my own my own query. So there we go. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Problem redacted. All right. Um, also, th- there's there's a very weird thing that that I just came into my mind when I was watching it this time. Um, so, Leia and Chewie, once they get freed by Lando, their goal is, okay, we're going to go rescue Han before Boba Fett takes off. And they ultimately fail, because Boba Fett, you know, of course he ends up leaving. Um, why do not, they not look for Luke after that? I guess they just figure because he's the Jedi Master and he can do what he wants. I don't know. They don't know that. <laughs> But but Leia even like she's shouting Luke don't it's a trap by the way Admiral Ackbar did not have the first it's a trap Leia did. also who someone used I I've got a bad feeling about this in the first one right yes okay. I believe they used it a couple of times I know Leia uses it in this one and I caught that and I was like I don't I don't remember who originally I know Han 
Han definitely uses it at, when they go in the garbage chute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, that that was just very weird to me, and I, I feel like there should have been a throwaway line where Lando's like, "We can't go look for him. There's too many stormtroopers. We need to get to the yeah. Falcon and leave yeah. now." Yeah. Like just a little conversation, and maybe there was something that they just decided to cut out for pacing reasons because. Obviously, nobody really noticed that or really gave much thought to it. That was just something I noticed where, where they don't really address. Like, they know Luke's there and he's probably in danger. Why not go and try and help him? Kind of like, it's kind of like the, the in Lord of the Rings um, in Fellowship of the Ring when Gandalf falls off the bridge. And, and people are like, oh, well, why don't they just go and save Gandalf? He's right there. Kind of ignoring the scene. It's like that, but if there wasn't the scene immediately after where they show that the orcs are all there or the goblins are all there shooting at them yeah um, well also gandalf's going you guys need to run yeah like leave yeah it's not it's not like like there's a scene where luke's like i'm fighting darth vader you guys need to go yeah <laughs> either way yeah just something something would have been nice. yeah um and th- this is this is totally a nitpick and this is the last of my my problems with the movie um Lando's wearing a Han's like costume at the end of the movie when they take off to save him. That's really weird. <laughs> it's like he just raided his closet on the Millennium Falcon and just started wearing his stuff. Like, I can just imagine like him walking into the room and Chewie's just like, "What are you doing?" Well, he also has the line. He also has the exact same line and delivery where he says, "It's not my fault." They're talking about like the hyperdrive, and Han says that earlier in the movie. Oh yeah, like Han Han says something like, "I don't know why this happened. It's not my fault." And then Lando says it the exact same way, and I was like, "Huh?" Oh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I don't okay, know what they're cool. going over there, but okay. Um, <laughs> I, I like to think like the way they just run the Millennium Falcon is the exact same. They're completely yeah. different characters, but yeah. because it's it's their ship, they just run it the same exact mm-hmm. way. Um, can we just talk about how awesome Billy D. Williams is? Oh, it's great. And it's it's amazing how he shows up for the last act of the movie, and he ends up being, like, ridiculously memorable. And not just because, oh, we see him in later movies, because, personally, I think he's underutilized in Return of the Jedi. But, I, I think it's great that he immediately just shows up and he's a scene stealer. Yeah. It's... It would have been nice to see him as Two-Face. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. It is it is kind of crazy how, and and part of that's because he plays such a big role in Return of the Jedi. Again, this movie benefits from the fact that a lot of stuff does work in Return of the Jedi, even if people hate Ewoks. There's still a lot of good stuff from that that yeah. works effectively. And and so when we watch this, we're like, oh yeah, we know where that's going, and that's yeah. set up payoff. That's the best thing about, like, going back and watching through a series when you know it's going to pay off in a memorable way. Like, oh, okay, this is this is when they're introducing something that's going to, you know, pay off really big later on. Like, that, that's just really exciting to see. Um, I'm looking up. Yeah, okay. I was, I was checking to make sure I wasn't going crazy on that it's not my fault line. But yeah, that's the thing. Okay, cool. But yeah, strange. that that those are literally my 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 problems with the movie, and like they're not really problems. <laughs> it's a good movie. 
It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about the, the special edition changes? Because I, I feel like we need to, to semi-address that at least. Didn't we already kind of talk about um, that? Yeah, I mean, I just mentioned what they were, but not really our thoughts on it. Um, it's weird that Lucas decided to bring in... Like, he brings in Ian McDermott to play the Emperor because he plays the Emperor in all the other movies. But the the actual makeup job looks like he did in Revenge of the Sith when he becomes like it when he gets the monster face, um, and it's when a the attack on his job. life leaves him scarred and deformed. Precisely, <laughs> um, but the makeup job looks different than it does in Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, he just looks old and very wrinkly. But like in Revenge Ian of the Sith, it looks like in very, Return of the Jedi, yes. like he's in Return. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same actor. Interesting. Yeah, but um, he the makeup job makes it look like a lot more puffy. I don't know. The Emperor comes off as a lot more gaunt in, in Return of the Jedi, and the, the the design in the prequels is it, it doesn't look the same, so it's very distracting. Funny how that's why I watched the the original version. Funny how that happens a lot in the prequels. Although, it's weird, because the Emperor design that they use in the originals, I, I believe it's a combination of, like, five different things, one of which is, like, monkey eyes, or something it like that. It is terrifying, I remember. It's, it's like an old woman's face, and, like, monkey eyes, and it's a completely different person's voice, of course. I, uh, it's, it's like a combination of a whole bunch of different disparate elements. I remember, I think last time I watched it with you, and watched the, the like, the original versions, I was very thrown off, because I was used to I guess the other version and I saw that and I was like that's kind of terrifying what's happening yeah well it's just weird because the Ian McDermott uh thing that edit wasn't in of course it wasn't in the original special editions from 1997 because they hadn't gotten to that makeup yet because Revenge of the Sith you know came out in 2005 so that's that's actually something that they added in one of the later special editions naturally it's like you need a log to keep all this, you know, keep track of all this you madness. You really do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, I believe the only... Oh, well, there, there's one more thing, but it's minor. I'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, the, the only other big thing is the extra CGI, like, exterior stuff of Cloud City, which I don't remember looking that bad. Yeah. I remember there was a shot I wasn't expecting or I didn't remember of Cloud City from the outside where it's like... It's a like it shows Cloud City and it's like this big I don't know what you call it, like a kind of almost like mountain metal mountain thing leading up to the city on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I didn't I didn't, I never remember that before. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't remember. Okay. It's like when you when they first come up to Cloud City, it's like showing all of Cloud City. Yeah. And I remember I I saw that and I was like, oh, that's not what I thought Cloud City looked like. I remember. There's a lot of special effect shots. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of it. Um, I, I would say the other big thing is the there's a wide shot of the Wampa after it attacks Luke, and Luke like he cuts cuts its arm off with the lightsaber. There's an extra shot of it with its arm off, and it's freaking out. Yeah. And that's not in the original version. Which I've heard people complain. Oh, that completely ruins like oh you you like imagining what the creature looks like after it you know Luke cuts its arm off. 
I don't really care because we've... <laughs> no, no, no. We've already seen a shot of what the Wampa looks like. Like, it shows its face yeah. when it initially attacks Luke, so... Like... It looks like the same thing, but without an arm. It looks like the same... I guess it's because we're seeing the whole thing, and it's just... it. Like, we're actually seeing it without its arm. I don't know. That, yeah. that seemed like something that people were complaining about where it really didn't matter. Yeah. Like, something like Han, like, like Greedo shooting first. Like, that's something to complain about. Yeah. This is not. Yeah. Like I said, this one has the least intrusive special edition changes. And George Lucas had the least amount of control on it. Do we have a whole lot else to talk about? This movie's good. Probably not. We've covered a lot. How do you feel about every, everything on Dagobah? Like, all the, the training and stuff like that? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> That's about like, all I got, too. Like, uh, but, like it, it covers all the ground we need to cover. Like, you know, Yoda explains how the Force works. But, you know, it, it's not like he goes into super detail. But he gives us just enough to understand the conflict that Luke's going through. Um... I do wish they kind of explained what was going on in the, the cave a bit more. Yeah. Because I, I could just imagine seeing that for the first time in the theater and being like, what what is happening? I feel like I'm on an acid trip right now. And then there's no real explanation for it afterwards. Like, is is it a vision? Is it all in Luke's head? Or did Yoda purposely set up a, an, a Darth Vader robot thing with Luke's head in it? Yeah. Like, it's... There's no explanation. Yeah. And it really needs an explanation. You're not wrong. But once again, it's it's character over story... Story logic, anyway, which I'm, I'm fine with. I'd rather have... To this extent, you know, at least it's fine. Yes. Oh. Especially because, like, it, it's, it is solely just to show the characters a point like it is explaining a point to it it's not like this is a huge huge specific story point that will carry through all the way like this is this this shows them how to defeat the MacGuffin or you know something like that it's it's it it doesn't have that grand and ambition yeah Yeah. (laughs) um do you find Luke whiny at all Throughout this? No, and I'm sick of people saying Luke's whiny. He's not whiny. I find him a little whiny. <laughs> I don't find him whiny at all. Just, like, with the training with Yoda, I feel like there is some, like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and like, they, it's it's a little bit um, repetitive, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, he, he he initially complains, and that before Yoda reveals himself, he's like, I don't know what we're doing here, we're wasting our time. And then Luke's like, I can't lift the X-Wing out of the, the bog, it's yeah. too big. Isn't that it? It's mostly just throughout, the like, honestly, throughout those two scenes, I feel like there's a lot of, of him kind of repeating over and over again his, his problems and his, his complaints. It bothered me a little bit. I don't know that 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 didn't bother me at all. He get, he gets over it because so. I'm just imagining like what I yeah maybe it's just because I'm an impatient <laughs> person. So me being in that situation, I constantly like all right, let's get it, let's get on with it. Come on. <laughs> also, it just it just feeds into his character and the the 
semi-bad decision he makes in the end to go and yeah. fight Vader before he's completed the training. Yeah, that's true. Also, I, I, once again with the timeline thing, it would be interesting if Yoda actually told us how much longer Luke needed to train before he was yeah. ready. Yeah. If he's like, you need to stay here another 20 two years. hours. <laughs> another two hours, yeah. Nope, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. Gotta save on. <laughs> Gotta save Leia. Yeah, I... It's a very good movie with just a couple of minor things that should have been explained. I gave New Hope an A minus, right? Yes. You want to get the grades? This is weird that this is one of our shorter episodes. I I think it makes a lot of sense that this is one of our shorter episodes. Yeah. It really the longest ones are the ones where we're just complaining the whole time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I. I there's I, there's not a whole lot of ways to make a great movie. There's there's a couple of key components you have to hit to make a great movie. There's a yeah. lot of ways to make bad movies. Yeah, it's a lot. This of is very, 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 and so that I think that's why we we have so much more like emphasis on breaking down where movies go wrong than when they go right. Yeah. So, but th- this is this is very much like the quintessential sequel where it's like, okay, we have we have everything set up, we have our characters. Now, now do stuff with them, make it more complex. You don't necessarily have to make it darker, although you know. Typically with the middle chapter, that's like the low point where all the characters hit rock bottom. And then the third one, they pull it all together and they, they emerge victorious. Um, maybe, okay, that, that's probably why this, you know, most people consider this the best one. That's that's the more interesting stuff, isn't it? Like the, the stuff where they're losing is more interesting than them actually winning, right? Just inherently. I would argue. Yeah. So, I... Uh, I I think we should address the um, the Han getting frozen sequence because that scene is is beautiful, and of course, as most people know, Harrison Ford ad libbed mm-hmm. uh, the line "I know" in response to "I love you." Yes, because in the script it said "I love you too," and it just didn't play. And they kept trying it a million different ways, and then Irvin Kershner was eventually like, "All right, Harrison, we're just going to do it one more time. Just do it." Come up with some. Oh, I thought I thought it was I thought Han not Han. I thought Harrison Ford was like, oh, let me try something after they tried it a bunch of times. Or sure, yeah. I thought that, that's what that's somebody what said. Let's give it another go, yeah. and Harrison Ford came up with the yeah. one. So that's what I heard is that he was just like, you know what? Let me try it, and then because like people kept telling him what to say, and then he was just like, let let get, get, let, let me do it. Let me do it. Please. If George Lucas were directing, he would have had that that line cut he just wouldn't have had Han respond at all no I feel like he would have had Han be like my heart burns for you <laughs> like the sands of Mustafar seriously though I, I will say as as semi meandering as I feel the romance stuff is this feels so much more real than any romance that we get in the prequels right yeah yeah. And like it, it just feels like two people talking to each other, and they they have a love hate relationship. And they've established that there's tension between them that slowly blossoms into a relationship. Yeah, we don't even really get that much of the actual like build up of their initial 
like them getting to that point. It's just throughout the movie they they it's it's shown that they're at a boiling point, and then eventually they actually like express feelings for each other. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I I don't know, I don't I don't know where to where to where to grade this one. I'm somewhere between A and A minus. Okay. Because, like I said, the original Star Wars is still my personal favorite. Um, like I said, objectively, just given how complex and mature this one actually is, uh, this would probably be the better of the two, and it probably still is the best Star Wars movie. Um, considering most of my complaints were either nitpicks or we ended up figuring out decent answers to them. Uh... I think I'll go with an A. I'll, I'll just have it be a flat-out A. Okay. Because, you know, ob- objectively it's better. Subjectively, I, you know, I would prefer the first one. So it kind of balances out. So I'll give it the same grade as the, the first one. I think I'm going A. Okay. Any reason why you're not doing A+. Plus? Not really. <laughs> it's just a lot of it has to do with it being dated. Kind of the same yeah. argument I used um, talking about Sam Raimi's uh, about Spider-Man 2 um, way back when. I was kind of like, I really appreciate what this meant at the time, but at the same time, the the, the genre has moved on. Yeah. Um, this one's not even really the genre has moved on as it is just on a technical level, movies have evolved. Um, I would say in terms of, of like technology that is kind of dated the the actual hoth battle with the, with the you know the you know we got to shoot the ropes on the thing and yeah. you know fly around it and get him to trip i would say that those special effects probably have suffered the most yeah yeah and that might just be cuz they're shooting in daylight yeah that's actually like what i was thinking i, I feel like it's easier itself. to hide it when you're shooting it like oh we're shooting in space so everything's dark i think the lighting itself it, just those kind of techniques I feel like would have come a long way since then and they would if they made the movie today and still tried to use the same practical effects it would probably look a lot better yeah um, just by virtue of you know and of course they, it's a Star Wars movie so they'd be given 80 billion dollars to make the movie and they could probably go create their own planet to film it on with the perfect setting but no don't give them a budget because then they'll make Yoda pull out a little laser sword and then his CGI self will do backflips and I'll hate it that really does not work with the image of Yoda we get in this movie nope not not even remotely especially with with how he feels about the force and pretty much everything he says is completely contradicted in that one scene yep whatever makes me sad um, it makes we'll me there. very sad we'll get there <laughs> uh, you can find us on iTunes at here come the sequels and you can find us on twitter at hct sequels and you can find us through email at here come the sequels at gmail.com I think that no you can find us online at here come the sequels.blogspot.com nailed it and leave us a review or something yeah like and you- subscribe <laughs> If if you've managed to stick around with us long enough, we we assume you you kind of like us and enjoy the things we talk about. If it's sometimes. a good review, leave it on our podcast, and if it's a bad review, go give it to somebody else. 
<laughs> I don't care. What's what's a terrible podcast we can think of real quick? <laughs> I don't I don't know any terrible podcast. Just just give it to the nerdist. Chris Harwick will laugh at it or cry. I don't know. <laughs> or give it to Kevin Smith because he, he cries at everything. That's yeah. He's a good dude though. I I like Kevin Smith. <laughs> I don't like yoga hosers. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Can I can I just put down a t-shirt and that way like I'll go to Comic-Con and I'll just bump into him and I'll just be like it's um the, I'm so sorry. The front needs to say I like Kevin Smith and then the back needs to say I don't like Yoko Hosers. And then, so then you like I, go up in a picture with him, you shake his hand and you you get him to sign something and then you you turn around and he's like what? No, no, no. He doesn't notice it until I walk away. That's what I'm saying. You turn around like to leave and then he's just like oh wait. Okay. You, me, and Britain need matching t-shirts. We need this. All right. I'm on board. <laughs> All right. But yeah, if, if, if you feel like it, please please throw up a positive review for us. It helps us out. We, we'd like to, to get, you know, some more people listening. So also give us your thoughts and tell me why I'm wrong in trying to throw criticisms at one of the greatest movies ever made. Or don't. Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie's terrible. It's real bad. We'll get there. But if you like it, it's fine. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And theoretically, we'll see you guys in a week. We'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. Hopefully. Stay yeah. rogue, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs>